Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Tom, with me today as well. Hey, everybody. All right. Uh, so we are covering, we're starting our uh, part three series because this is our third year of the podcast. So thank you all for even listening for three years worth. And for a, uh, our new special part three series, we're going to be covering movies that are part threes. And to start out, we had to cover and long time requested from 1983, starring Christopher Reeves and Richard Pryor, Superman 3. You know, Tom, usually when the movies are this bad, I'm the one who picked them. Uh, I just want to point that out. That this Oh no, I've done my fair share of making you guys watch crap. It's <laughs> pretty garbage. Um, but, I, I, so people just don't understand what a weird time in history this was. So, Superman 3 came out in an era when sequels were still kind of being explored as a concept. Like, Superman 2 did so well. Um, you know, it was very popular. It was, it was very, very well received that another one had to be made. But, like, most movies of this era didn't get past two. Like, you didn't have 17 sequels like you would today unless it was, like, a schlock film, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, even then, it was like, this is the early period of that. Like, the, you know, 83, like, I think maybe how, you know, maybe, probably was, uh, at this point, maybe Friday 13. I mean, when did Halloween 3 come out? Because that was, like, sort of... I was saying, or about the year after, or right at the same time. Yeah. Part 3's were bad. I mean, the only other major Part 3 around this point was Return of the Jedi. Right, and, like, that was a big deal, that it got a third movie, because... Again, you didn't have the sequel after sequel after sequel. You didn't have Fast no. and the Furious 17. This time it's rocket-powered walkers. Um, <laughs> you know, and also this was a brief window of Richard Pryor's, you know, coming ascendancy as a comedic actor. Yeah, I mean, we should. Richard Pryor in the early 80s was easily one of the biggest box office stars, period. People, I mean. I mean, the, Brewster's it, Millions. Um Stir crazy, stir crazy, the toy to some degree, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, and the hilarious part is like Richard Donner directed the toy, said he had a horrible experience dealing with Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, meanwhile, had seen Superman, gave this fantastic interview on Johnny Carson Cinema. He thought the Superman movie was great, which led to him getting offered a part in Superman three. Wow. Now we. We should point out Richard Donner had nothing to do with this film. He'd been notoriously fired from Superman 2 in the middle of shooting it. Richard Lester who was brought in to reshoot like 80% of the movie. And then this one, it was entirely his control. Although it really wasn't even his control. It was the uh, Salkins who owned the rights to everything. And yeah, as we and brought Lester up just in, let him walk. Whereas Donner would tone down the worst excesses of the Salkins, Lester did not. Famously, if you've seen the script, the original shooting script for Superman, it included a musical sequence where Lois Lane is singing while they're flying in space. Yeah, of course it did, because yeah, God. He, they, they switched that into her just mentally thinking uh, poetry. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, I, and I mean... it's like, it's things like that that are like, well, at least that didn't happen. Well, in this case, this is what they actually wanted, although it could have, it actually was going to be much worse. Uh, before we even get started, so we have Gus Gorman, who is this, basically he's Richard Pryor, there's no buts about it, somehow. Richard Pryor as genius programmer guy. 
Yeah, although he suddenly becomes genius programmer guy because like the movie literally begins him being denied unemployment and then go somehow going to computer class and getting uh, becoming super incredibly smart with it. Uh, well, it was the eighties. Not- that was like what you did, right? You got you you hit an obstacle and then you went through a quick montage and suddenly you were the expertiest expert that ever experted. Although even he was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but somehow I'm doing it. So there's <laughs> yeah. apparently a subplot that got cut at the last minute that would explain why he's suddenly so good at computers. And uh, uh, let me ask you, so who do you think the real villains were supposed to be before this movie got uh, created? If I had to guess, based on the, the what's in the movie as it exists, because I didn't do any research on this, I would have guessed like Brainiac being the bad guy. I mean, Brainiac was one of the bad guys. One we're of gonna the bad be guys. Maybe Metallo. Nope. Oh, uh, Brainiac, not Lex Luthor, because they wanted to no, get away from Although Luthor. Lex was in one draft, but when they found that they couldn't get uh, Gene Hatton back, they, they came with Ross Webster. Yeah, Ross Webster. He sucks. Uh, so, yeah, definitely Brainiac and uh, maybe Mr. Mitzelplick. Yes. That's ah, a, there we go. Well, that would explain Mitz- why this movie's so damn goofy, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the idea was Mixelplick was constantly pranking Superman throughout the movie. And then now here's where it gets more messed up. They wanted to also use this to launch Supergirl, which they made the next year, which was an even worse movie. <laughs> that um, also so bad. Supergirl was going to appear in this movie because it was going to reveal that Brainiac had been a Kryptonian uh, and he grabbed baby uh, Kara off the planet, took her to his dimension, which is the same dimension Mixelplick's from. Sure, from that's the- 100% accurate. Yeah. And raised her, and then when she turned, like, uh, 18, he became kind of like, you know, instead of her being like her daughter to him, he's like, I want to marry her. And she saw she saw Mixelplick bothering Superman through the, the dimensional portal, jumped to her, jumped to his dimension, and they started dating. Yep. It was yeah. Gonna, it I was really going to end with Supergirl marrying Superman. Th- this is the alternate timeline where Superman's pod crashes in Alabama, isn't it? <laughs> Basically. I mean... Uh. I never said. I mean, I, 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 the, I, that's harsh. I probably shouldn't be harsh at all <laughs> so much, but it's so easy. I mean, uh, it's it's the Appalachian Superman, and I I can't it's talk. The, them dar them dar hills. How dumb are you, Uncle Dad? Oh, oh anyway, that's part. I'm gonna do a uh uh, uh well a uh, greatest movie never made a podcast about this later. But yeah, it one one it involved Mixelplex sending them back in Brainiac and him back in time to battle in uh, medieval times in a jousting tournament for the love of Supergirl. <laughs> you know what? That's, I, I can't process that. So, I know. so, uh, so there is some, see, there is some other background yeah, here. Like was supposed to be in this film and it was supposed to explain that Mixelplick made Gus super smart as a joke to drive Superman crazy. And that is some guys got all these super Lex Luthor genius skills, but he's, you know, He's a joke. Like, there was supposed to be a character behind him, like, zapping his mind. Right. But they cut that that shot. There's a mysterious bald guy behind him when he's in line before he, go gets, before he gets denied, and that was supposed to be the setup for Mixelplex. But they cut it right as they were shooting in the film, so. Yeah, but they uh, left in some of the dialogue. I understand that. I mean, yeah. and honestly, you could just look at it as, as Gus being very self-deprecating. I mean... He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. Maybe he's just being sarcastic or or self-deprecating is kind of yeah. a joke. I mean, you could see that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Lorelai was supposed to also be either a mix. She was either going to be part of the Supergirl variation or 
she was supposed to be uh, Mixoplex like a uh, henchwoman. <laughs> she's constantly making references that she's way smarter than she's acting. So it's true, it's true, and I I liked that. I I think that woman is wasted in that role, but I mean it's yeah, Emily Stevenson. There, there are there are things I liked about. So I'll be honest. There are things I liked about this movie. I know I've crapped on it like twenty seconds into this podcast, but there are things about this movie I did enjoy. Uh, one, I liked her character. Um, I thought she uh, the the fact that they keep dropping hints that she's way way smarter than anyone else in the room is just yep. hilarious to me. And it's and, and you kind of only get the impression she's going along with it because she's bored. Yeah, and the thing about it is, like, she's like, I'm, I've got a long term goal, which is to, you know, marry this guy and, you know, you know, take his, you know, take his empire. I mean, that's sort of what I suspect her plan. Um, yeah, or, or maybe she's just gonna murder him like one day and just run yeah. off into the night and, and you know, and hey, she gets to meet Superman. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I mean, clearly gave him a blowjob on the Statue of Liberty before he went and you know ripped that oil. And thing. then did a lot more than that. But yeah. <laughs> like, well, no, they, oh, in this fucked. movie, Superman fucks. Like, oh, yeah. He fucked her a bunch afterwards, but like to go get him to go blow, you know, uh, even go hunt down an oil tanker and rip a trench, she had to at least give him a blowjob. Super handy. To, I'm not I'm not done with her yet. <laughs> I mean, I mean anyway, we'll get to it. Uh, I I liked her characterization. I mean, she's she's a very bit part, and it's sort of like, uh, but the, the little subtle hints there that there's more to it, which never go anywhere because this is a yeah. terrible movie. I, I think she was good. also supposed to be one point Miss Teschmacher from the first two movies. They let you know that once again changed it around. It would that would yeah. make sense even know how to kill Superman. Yeah, yeah. She's like Kryptonite. Oh, I I heard it once. <laughs> like, sure, why not? I mean, yeah. Um, the other thing I liked, I actually liked Richard Pryor's performance. Yeah, oh, I it was it not, was this movie is not Richard Pryor's fault. Everything he does is actually really good for what he is dealing with. You can think, tell this was a movie he signed on for. I had no idea what a mess he was getting into. I mean, honestly, I don't think the the I don't think the actors and actresses are the problem of this movie. No, I think they did the best with what they could, and some of them put in very good performance. Christopher Reeve, as as always, knocked it out of the park. Yep. Uh, we've already discussed Richard Pryor and Pamela Stevenson. Uh, and who's the guy who plays Russ? Uh, Ross Webster. Uh, that Whatever, is... Ross. Oh, I always forget his is name. Jackie Cooper. No, that's he plays uh, uh that that's uh um, plays Perry White. White, right? Yeah, um I don't remember who plays. Uh, uh Robert Vaughn. Yeah, Robert Vaughn was great in this. <laughs> because Fun who doesn't fact. love Robert Vaughn, man? Yeah. Fun fact, so um John Byrne, the famous comic book artist and writer, hated this movie, but he liked the idea of Ross Webster specifically. So when he relaunched, when they relaunched Superman in '87 with the Man of Steel series, he decided to give Lex this this industrial like yeah. Basically, he modeled Lex after this guy instead of like this the standard uh, I'm the evil Lex Luthor you know you know crazy genius bit. It's like I'm the rich billionaire Lex Luthor, and and that's the portray and that's the portrayal that has basically become the de facto portrayal of Lex Luthor, which is great, honestly. Yeah. That's- um, should be really and it awesome. started here in this terrible, terrible movie. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I, 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 yeah. even Mar- uh, Margaret Kidder is in this like for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, she had a dispute about her pay, so they uh, agreed to let her. Uh, they the first they completely just weren't still going to be in the movie. Her two scenes were shot at the very end 
after she agreed, they agreed to bring her in for like two scenes for like a, a, a tiny amount of money. But yeah, that's why she's literally like, oh, I'm going on vacation. Oh, I'm uh, I am back from vacation. Right, and like, I mean, is anyone going to talk to her about how her bow just totally boned? What's her name? <laughs> but I guess not. I guess that was evil Superman, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, get into it. So this movie is famous because it's got gone, evil Superman would have gone to the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah. Boning. Uh, uh, Lois a bunch if he wasn't already boning uh, Lana which for some reason they left that option off the table too so yeah uh, it's, it's a mess so this movie is kind of a hot mess but it's very silver agey yes in a lot of ways because it's goofy as hell a lot of people defend it as being it's just like Superman's comics in the 60s and 70s well which... no so let me explain a concept that older internet people will understand and and comic book fans but maybe you youngins because the site doesn't exist anymore i don't believe but there used to be a website called superdickery.com <laughs> and the whole idea of this was that so in the 50s and 60s uh, uh the hayes comics code uh was instituted because comics were too violent and da 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 protect the children blah 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 and so comic writers can started making these really far out quote unquote fantastic stories um, where like, what if Superman is an ape? What if Lois Lane got really fat? What if Jimmy Olsen was adopted by Superman? What if, I mean, just all these, what if, wonder, insane... what if Lois Lane turned black for a week? Uh, well, yeah, that's a thing that happened. So uh, there's all these crazy stories. And, and, but the, the idea was that, There'd be a, there'd be the, the comic cover would be Superman doing something terrible, right? So like, there's uh, one of my favorites is Jimmy Olsen has given Superman a sweater because Superman is now his adopted father, and Superman's like, I'm sorry, Jimmy, but I have to burn this, and is burning it with his heat vision, right? It's like, I'm sorry, this isn't good enough. And like, if you read the story, either it doesn't have anything to do with the cover, the cover is just there to get you to buy the comic, or the explanation is like it was a dream sequence or Superman had to do that because, oh, no, really, there was something like this. Maybe the sweater was made of poison. And if Superman hugged anybody while wearing it, he would kill them or I mean, you know, whatever. Red kryptonite. Some bullshit. And you would. So the, <laughs> the comic book cars are always Superman. Like there's one where he's like there's a water fountain and there's all these people like Superman were. We're going to, we're going to not, we can't, we got to have water. We're going to, we're going to die after she's like, nope, no one has any water. You got to pay me a hundred million dollars for it or something. And it's, it's just Superman being a jerk for no reason. And uh, it's amazing. Um, so that's what this movie is. This entire movie is basically what if those comic book covers were made into a movie in the eighties and all right, let's get, let's get into the plot here because people are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And oh, well, uh, it's a bit of. It's a fever dream. So yeah. we talked about Gus. Gus, no unemployment. Gus go Gus go night school. Gus become massive programmer guy. Gus hired by CEO. Um, oh, first, Gus. Yeah, job and company exactly owned by CEO, uh, Websco. Yeah, and, uh, not happy with his paycheck, so he does the, uh, at this point, dated, but you know later brought back big time in office space. The uh, So th this is like where this came from. Like, the whole idea of I will set up the computer such that it trims all the little fractional cents from transactions and puts them in an account. And 
since we process 8 million transactions a day, even if I only get like ha a quarter of a penny every time, that's a, that's a lot of moolah, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, apparently some uh, bank fraud hackers had done this in the late 70s, early 80s when the, you know, I mean, it was even harder to catch this, but yeah. that's where they got the idea. And then, of course, they in Office Space, they, he literally said, that's what they did in Superman 3. Yeah, like, so, uh, that, that's a wonderful back reference. I love Office Space. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, we, we do have to give praise for this movie for at least giving Office Space a yeah. great point. So that uh, happens, but, but he gets caught, and the CEO's like, I will hire you to do some shady shit, but I'm going to – or I'm going to go to the police. That's that's the whole thing. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Margaret Kidder goes off on vacation. Uh, oh, we forgot sorry, about the – Lois Lane goes off on vacation. Guy. We forgot the opening with the blind guy and the uh, guy getting buried and <laughs> in his car. Oh, God. I, I, I've blocked out parts of this movie because they're just so painful. There's yeah, so much like, unnecessary there, yeah, slapstick There's about 15 minutes of stupid uh, pratfall randomness all going on in, in Metropolis all at the same time. Partially yeah. because Lorelai's walking around the street and everyone just keeps like staring at her and falling into stuff. And there's From also like, that aspect. like This is very much a the world that infomercials inhabit like yep. where people can't do basic tasks for whatever reason. Like if you ever There's tried to open the jar and they open the jar in the most asinine way and like the, the, the pickles go everywhere. And it's like, wouldn't it be easier if you bought this incredibly complicated gadget to open your jar for you? That world is the world of Superman three. Yep. And just all this shit happens. They go to fucking um, Smallville yeah, it's a Clark's reunion. Uh, high, yeah, high school reunion. He meets up with Lana Lang, his old beau, saves her kid from a fucking combine harvester because Kansas, right? Yeah. Um, like, seriously, they just let people hang out in the fucking cornfield, not uh, tell them that the thing, whatever. And, and the kid just randomly passes out in front of the harvester. And, yeah, just like walking along. I'm like, first off, you think the harvester dude sees him. And oh yeah, we forgot, we forgot about the the uh, chemical plant too. So I yeah, right. That, there's a chemical plant with acid, and it, because it's it's Chekhov's it, it chemical plant. Too hot because they got to introduce this because it's necessary. It's the uh, it's yeah, the, it's the yeah, it's it's Chekhov's acid is what it yeah. is, and there's some like, and then like Superman saves the day by freezing up half a lake, and then for some reason. Turning, taking the big ice and dumping it on top of the. Uh, uh... Sure, why not? And then, like, and then we cut to a different movie where <laughs> Ross Webster is mad at Columbia and basically says, "Gus, make a tornado," and Gus somehow, using the power of science, causes a, a weather satellite. satellite. I, did you know that American weather satellites not only could record and, 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 and uh, examine weather, they could also cause it. And, and like, I was, I was like, as a kid, I just, I just sort of was like, Oh, that, that makes perfect sense. Of course, weather satellites would cause weather. But like, as an adult, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, let's also point out, he has to go to Smallville because their wheat company has a computer. He can hack into to hack the satellite that's not like connected to Ross Webster, which also doesn't make sense because there's no way. Well, I mean, I know I shouldn't even try to be putting computer logic, but you got to also let's talk about that. The, the weak computer, for some reason, he gets the guy drunk, passed out. And uh, they, he has to, yeah, the, the two, he has to have two key cards 
to activate the computer. So we have that bit. Oh, it's, it, and, it, and, it, and again, Richard Pryor could be funny, and he's doing the best he can. I, again, like, yeah, I do not drunk. blame the actors here. The actors are giving it their all. Yeah, especially he, Robert like, Vaughn, who actually kind of makes it work. Yeah, and the thing is, like, we're rich, the idea is Richard Pryor's drunk because he got drunk with the other guy to get him passed out. Yeah, so he gets they're doing card. the key card. So he starts typing on the computer trying to hack the salad, but for some reason he starts causing us stuff. Like, people's paychecks suddenly go, like, incredibly high. Like, this one guy immediately uh, throws a pie in his wife's face. Or, no, throws a, a uh, you know, a, um, I guess it's a, a squeezes fruit in his wife's face because he's mad at her and he finds out, oh, hey, I just made $100,000. We're getting divorced. <laughs> and then... For some reason, uh, even though uh, he uh, can hack into uh, streetlights and make them fight each other, <laughs> it's a bunch of really dumb computer slaps. It's, it's all like who... it's like the cocaine on the floor. You know, it's like yeah, it was it, not it, it was is... supposed to be. It was supposed to be for Richard Pryor, but said somebody, the writers got and the director got their hands got on their it. Hands on his, pound, on his on his customary pound of cocaine. Um, <sighs> like there's, I so swear many... to God, this is so all the gags in that sequence which aren't really funny. Like none of them are really all that funny. They're all awful is yeah. Someone on Coke who doesn't understand how computers work and how computing systems work. Just or also, says, Hey, it's funny. Cause Smallville, I'm like, first off, Smallville is not going to have all their fucking utilities tied up in a fucking computer. Cause it was the eighties and it was farmland. It's nowheresville, USA. They're not going to have any of that shit. No, they're going to have a, that kind of internet. Access. If you're hacking into a computer for a company that you know ostensibly controls satellites, like it's not going to control the paycheck of some random dude. Like that's not how <laughs> hacking works at all, ever. And it just makes my blood come out of my eyes, Tom. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyway, like they watched a sequence of Tron and thought that's exactly what Tron's like. Yeah, exactly. So anyway. Gus creates a tornado through stupid means. Superman saves the day because, of course, he does. He's Superman. And Webster's pissed off about it. So he's like, Gus, make some kryptonite. So, and, and, and because after uh, Lorelei basically says, Oh, yeah, kryptonite, that's his weakness. That'll fuck him up. How'd you hear that? I just heard it. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to skeet blood from my eyes now again. Yeah. So. That yeah, stupid shit happens. And then, okay, I will admit the analysis of the kryptonite is, is funny as fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, they, uh, the satellite identifies what Krypton's uh, materials were, except 57% uh, is unidentifiable. So Gus just puts tar. He just puts cigarettes tar in there. And I'm like, that's great. He didn't put nicotine. He put tar. <laughs> Which just makes me laugh. And, like... Yeah, he makes so he makes a green kryptonite, but for those of you who are familiar with the comics, it acts like red kryptonite. Because red kryptonite turns you evil. Although this isn't even good red kryptonite, this is more like shitty red kryptonite because it this basically is, turns you into more less evil and more just kind of a jackass. This cocaine kryptonite basically. Not even cocaine, he's just kind of a jerk. It's he's like he's high on crack. I mean, he's high on crack. I mean, what if super- what if the guy from Revenge of the Nerds, um, the one who's always yelling nerd? I can't remember his yeah. name. Uh, uh, yeah, that guy. You know, the angry one, and then later on he joins up with him because Ogre. Ogre, Ogre. thank you. What if Ogre? was given the powers of a Kryptonian. <laughs> That's kind of... But uses them for all this really petty shit. 
And like, okay, so he goes into a bar, he, he, he flicks peanuts and shatters bottles, and like, okay, that's kind of evil, but you're just mainly being kind of an he's asshole. Like, he, you know, they call L- Lana because he's over at her house. And he's like, hey, there's a problem at this bridge. Can you come help? And he goes, I don't know. And yeah, he's he like, like, well, you're late because uh, he's like, well, could be, you've been asking me here five minutes earlier. Uh, then he decides, like, I'm going to go straighten the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And he blows out the Olympic flag. I mean, he does all this, like, really stuff that would not be out of place in a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, I mean, that's the, literally is like he's just doing the dumbest. I mean, like, first of all, like, uh, he just goes to some random country that's having some kind of Olympic uh, games. Hang, even though at this point he's already apparently been condemned by every country for fi- screwing with the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And they don't seem to care that he's hanging out with them. Just bl- he just blows up the torch and they're about to light it. Yeah, and no one, no one cares. Like they're just like, yeah. I mean, well, like, to be fair, in their defense, what the fuck are they gonna do? The one guy is like, yeah, you know, the one guy with the torch, like, man. Yeah, like, and and in their defense, if Superman showed up and like gave me a wedgie and hung me from a light post, what exactly am I gonna do to stop him? Yeah, I will pray to the heavens that he didn't rip my head off. Yeah, you know? I mean, all he's doing is just being a jerk. Uh, so like, yeah, he's yeah, being a super jerk. It's the perfect example of super dickery. Like everything, basically, every action he takes is, man, Superman's being a dick. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And honestly, I, I admit, I still kind of <laughs> chuckle whenever he he pushes the Leaning Tower of Pisa. That just kind of makes me laugh a little bit. It's about the only time I laughed in this that wasn't yeah, the- directly <laughs> Richard Pryor related. <laughs> Statues is so mad. It's like, I just bought all these statues to sell. Uh, <laughs> yep, and it, it's just amazing. And then, like, the guy, later on, he comes back. So that, that bit is old and tired and crappy, but I still got a chuckle out of it. And let's not so, forget. Then, then. In Superman 2, Zod and Nan did, originally did that get, was supposed to do that bit. They kept, they, they brought that over for Superman 2 after kicking it out. Yeah, so I have a question for you, Tom. Yeah. Why does Gus want to build a giant supercomputer? He doesn't know why either. He just wants to build it. He's like, and I love the fact that he's been designing this computer on random wrappers. Right? Like, do they ever explain? They and I, I, I'm assuming this was cut from the Mitzelplik stuff. Yeah. Um, but like in the movie, there is never any reason why Gus decides he wants to build this supercomputer. <laughs> Right. No, other than he just, he has to, it was like, it would make sense if he had been uh, like constantly like, you know, close encounters, this urge to design this computer. That would make sense. It's like, once again, someone had messed with his brain to give him super abilities to, on a computer to want to build. Yeah. Brain. But like when you cut that stuff, you kind of got to backfill. You can't just, anyway, it doesn't matter. So Robert Vaughn says, Okay, but you have to create an energy crisis by causing all the oil tankers in the world to go to a central spot. And I'm like, this plan is worthy of a Bond villain, a Roger Moore Bond villain. Oh, yeah, this is definitely, I mean, we are at high to Roger Moore Bond villain. Yeah, this is the dumbest plan ever. And, like, one dude doesn't, right? Because he's had a accomplice because they need the oil. But like, like, I don't trust that computer. Let's just keep going. So, but I guess the thing is, like, so if your plan is to cause an energy crisis by having all the tankers go, what does it matter? What does it matter if one, one more goes through? Right? It doesn't. It doesn't matter at all. Like, it changes no equation in your plan. So this whole thing about having Lorelai do Superman to 
cause an oil spill for some reason? Was that supposed to keep the other tankers in line? Because they already did the thing. What was the point of that? Yeah. Other than to be evil. All these companies that own those oil tankers could hire someone to go out to say, the computer is wrong. Go to your bait. He's like, <laughs> yeah, this is not, this is not a plan. This is, this is dumb. Yeah. This is once, once again, this is like, uh, they're taking that idea of the oil, get, you know, the get oil surge of the seventies and trying to make it more of a problem. I mean, I get it, but at the <clears> same time, again, the equate, if, if you've gotten all the other tankers in the world to do your bidding, and, but for some reason, and this one doesn't, right? Well, yeah, they weren't, they weren't counting oil from the United States. <laughs> yeah, like, and this this one this one tanker makes it through. One tanker's worth of oil is like a few days. Yep, it's not enough to change the equation of your evil plan, which is to corner the market in gasoline <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. I guess yeah. oil. Anyway, so he, he wrecks the tanker because Superman's a dick and he's getting some evil poon. So yeah. he decides punch a hole in that oil tanker is not you know. Yeah. I mean, so then had... then then all the bad guys decide to go to Glen Canyon or or or, or as we know it, the Grand Canyon. Yeah. To to it's, it's, yeah. They shot it in Canada for some reason yep. because I couldn't film the Grand Canyon. Sure. So they go to the canyon. And Superman just suddenly just wakes, like, gets... So, admittedly, this next part is actually pretty good. It's... Yeah, the only part I recommend to watch is... So, evil jerk-ass Superman is having some kind of weird feeling, something's wrong, as he's been drinking at the bar, flies into a junkyard, and suddenly Clark Kent busts out of him. So, basically, we have jerk super... Uh, you know, junkie Superman and Clark in perfectly clean, normal Clark Kent have a fight. So you basically decide who's the who's the dominant one. And it's actually pretty good because both Clark and Superman are showing off their superpowers. Um which was which was it's actually pretty subtle because like Clark never flies. Like yeah, in no, the whole no, Clark never flies. He does he also, use super strength. Yeah. Well, he does have super strength, but it's like it's a different like he's doing stuff like he throws giant tires around evil super jerk. Well, I mean, eventually he just chokes him to death, so to say that yeah. it's a different kind of thing is kind well, of like, right. Yeah, the, the thing is evil super jerk also, for somebody who's having trouble, you can tell he keeps walking like he's there's something wrong with him because he's essentially falling apart. Yeah, uh, and so I think if you take it as a symbolic representation of Superman throwing off the influences of up. the weird kryptonite nonsense... Yeah, it makes more sense if you take it as a literal thing that happens where Clark Kent suddenly buds from Superman and they have a fight and then he chokes out his evil twin and his evil twin vanishes. Then the movie gets weird. So I'm just going to assume it was some kind of metaphorical thing. So yeah, anyway, so or to that. But once again, they, it just didn't make the uh, but I do give the effects and the shots of the, you know, whoever the stunt double is. Yeah, are doing a really good job. They look very close to you know uh, Chris Reeves. Chris Reeves and clearly in some shots. So you know the uh, sequence where he puts them in a trash compactor. That's actually pretty. The idea of Superman, like you know, you know we're gonna try to crush him. You know, it. There's details in here that I've said before. Like if they did something like this in Man of Steel or you know any of the other like bad Superman movies the last few years, this is what they should be doing. But they, you know, with the bu- effects budgets of today, uh, that one is like they had money was not a problem for this movie. They put a lot of money in this movie, 
So you can see what happens with like 83 special effects uh, money. Uh, you can get something really good, but you don't have to be as ridiculously over overkill, destructive as they do in, in the Zack Snyder movies. Yeah, and it's fine, I guess. So anyway, somehow after this, um, Superman, uh, he fixes the oil spill because he's no longer Super Dick. And somehow he knows to go deal with the computer. And I forget. Yeah. The only he, he just suddenly knows how, and he goes and does it. Like, as a kid, I didn't Girl question told me it. to do it. I, I'll, I'll go find her, because she told me to go do it. She must be behind all this. Yeah, and, and how he knows that she's in Glen Canyon, whatever. And, again, as a kid, I just accepted this. I didn't no. didn't even think about it. And uh, But as an adult, I have to go, God, this movie's terrible. Continuity was not really a thing. To be fair, that's very 1950s Superman comics, so I guess they're comic accurate. Uh <laughs> so and, oh yeah we should point out that uh ross webster lorelei and his sister who's been sort of like the second in the second banana hench woman uh they all go down they all take their parachutes down to the evil lab that's at the bottom of the super at the bottom of the canyon gus is like i'm not getting a parachute he rides a donkey going down the mountain yeah it's very slapsticky anyway yeah. Superman then flies in, and they use the supercomputer to play a pretty cool '80s video game of, of know, Kill Superman. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun. Like it's a kind of a it's a very cartoony, goofy sequence. And honestly, from that perspective, it's fine. But by this point, I was kind of done with the movie, and I'm like, God, I hate this movie. Oh, um, yeah. First part. So, but then like Superman, then the computer finally finishes analyzing Superman, and is like, aha, kryptonite, and somehow because science creates a kryptonite beam and shoots it at Superman. And, oh, no, Superman is, is dying. Oh, no, what could possibly save him? I'll tell you who could save him. Man with axe. Gus the computer Gorman, did not plan for man with axe. Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't want to be the man who killed Superman. Because he's like, I'll be the man who killed Superman. No! So he's right, like, and so he, he, he axes right. the kryptonite. To which I ask, why didn't the computer just make another one and, like, kill Gus? Like, well, it let's... could make a forty-five, shoot Gus in the head, then make another kryptonite beam, because it clearly just produces it out of nowhere. It created a cybernetic version of itself. I mean, Yeah, it does all, so I'm sure. But then, like, Superman's <laughs> like, okay, I'm better, and then the computer becomes <laughs> self-aware because Skynet, um... Yeah, it goes all turns her into a uh, basically turns her into brainiacs. And I'll know. I'll be honest, the part where the computer kidnaps Vera and turns her immediately turns her into this weird cyborg monster scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Oh yeah, me too. It was terrifying. Like I was not like in this goofy cartoon movie. That sequence is legit terrifying. It's still it's less terrifying as an adult, but like compared to the rest of this movie, the tone whiplash is amazing. Yeah. Because that's horrifying. And then, like... It wants to live! It, it wants to yeah. live! And it's like, yeah. it's getting all the power! And all the lightning and stuff. I mean, it's very... And then Superman goes to back to Chekhov's acid warehouse and gets a giant bunch of it and tosses it on the computer. And the computer's like, aha, that's pointless. You won't do anything to me. Oh, no, it, heat, it heated up. And then the computer dies, and... Yeah, he, Superman... Uh, you know, Ross and Lorelai get saved, although they're briefly like held in suspended animation by the computer. You, you, yeah. you take, uh, you know, the sister gets killed because she was she was merged into the computer, uh, and then the, the, they get arrested. He takes Gus, and they fly to a coal mine, 
Because this is all about the love of fossil fuels for this movie. Everyone loves fossil fuels, man. <laughs> and uh, first he picks up a uh, chunk of coal, crashes it into a diamond, and then Gus gets hired at the uh, coal factory to run their computers. Yep, he's making a fresh start in the, the glorious land of West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> West I'm Virginia's sure. for lovers, apparently. Yeah, uh, sure I honestly thought Gus and Superman made a cute couple, but hey, that's just me. I know. Um, he goes back to Metropolis to propose to Lana, but Lana's gotten together with Jerk Dude because, uh, well, Superman was gone for a while. Well, actually, I'm pretty sure Clark just made her a diamond for fun, and I don't know. Yeah, like it's a well, it's was... a whole weird misunderstanding yeah. thing. Yeah, Lana's <laughs> job as uh, Perry White's assistant, and Lois comes back from her vacation. And that's in the movie. And yeah, like, oh, and Superman fixes the Leaning Tower of Pisa, much to that little, like, salesman's dismay. Yeah, because he end. just felt new statues of the main straights. Yeah, my, my, my cabbage is the end. Yes. Um, God, this movie sucks, Tom. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, there's so many things that went, is you can just hear so totally wrong with this movie. It's like, and the thing is, it probably was going to be worse if they originally planned what they were going to do. Uh, Warner Brothers was like, no, we are not going to have an incest storyline in this movie. Like, they cut that part out. Uh, it's like, I just don't know what they were thinking when you see this movie. It's like, and, and Richard Lester is a good director. He directed some really great movies in the 60s and 70s. He, direct, he co-directed, he basically reshot half of Superman 2, and some of those sequences are good, some of them are bad, so... You know, it's notorious, like, what's... Like, if you were watching Superman 2, any scene that has Gene Hackman is from Richard Donner, because he refused to redo the reshoot. So, uh, there's some scenes where Lois's hair color literally changes tones instantly. So, I, I don't know. It's like, this film definitely screams, like, there's just too many dumb ideas, and you feel sorry for both Chris Reeve and R Richard Pryor, because they're basically trying to carry the entire movie themselves. Yeah. And, you know, the movie was so bad that, you know, like, Warner Brothers was like, we're not going to make another Superman movie. You guys, so uh, Canon made Superman 4, which is, in my opinion, the better movie. Even though that one, they ran out of money on, like, three-fourths away into the film. I mean, Superman 4 is, <laughs> Superman 4 is better than, than Superman 3. The same way Transformers 4 is better than, than uh, in the same way that Transformers 3 is better than Transformers 2. Yeah, it's not a high fucking bar. Like it, no. it, it only just, only just better. Yeah, um, like they they do one, they do a couple things right, and everything else is wrong. That this one is. I mean, yeah, they got Wish dot com, Dolph Lundgren. It's great. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I Superman four is goofy as shit. It's it's very again another very Silver Age plot line, but it brings back Lex Luthor. Uh, it, pre Luthor. it presents an actual potential rival for superman um even if he's kind of goofy and i mean yeah the plot is goofy but it it's it's all good yeah is um, gus the villain in this movie or is he not the villain in this movie is ross webster the villain in this movie or is he i mean it's like like gus is clearly a shady guy because he tried to embezzle but he's also a working man who feels put upon by society and he's just you know he's taking yeah. it out on rich corporations so do I feel bad for Gus? No, in the end, he gets a nice job in West Virginia. <laughs> I mean, Gus doesn't go to jail for anything he's done. And he, they don't make him give back the money. 
Nope. <laughs> so he's clearly got, I mean, anyway, it's all fine. And uh, yeah, I think that ultimately, ultimately this yeah. movie is bad. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to even bother. Is this a good movie, a bad movie, a nerdy movie? No, this is uh, a bad This, this movie. is a bad movie. You could argue that it has some nerdy elements because it's a comic book movie. It's still one of the first comic book movies. I mean, before Superman, there were none. Yeah. Like, there just weren't. And then, yeah, I mean, you know. The next superhero movies we get, or comic book movies we get, are Supergirl and Howard the Duck. So it's like, right. it, it was yeah. not a good time to make a superhero movie. Nobody no. seemed to understand how to write a screenplay for a superhero movie. And the special effects weren't really there. I mean, they always say, you will believe a man can fly. It's like, well, I believe in blue screens, so I yeah. believe in me. Yeah. And the blue screening isn't even that good, but, you know, it's... poster is literally Superman carrying Richard Pryor. Yeah, which, haha, funny. Again, people do not understand how big a deal Richard Pryor was. Yeah, it, that, I mean, that's the point. It's like it was the it was it's a Richard Pryor movie featuring Superman, right? And it's yeah. We didn't even talk about the fact that at one point Richard Pryor is on skis, falls off the top of this building that Ross has a snow, uh, you know, snowing chalet set up. Of course and he somehow, does because... because magically survives, fall sliding down the the top of the of the building, and just like doesn't get hurt. Like ah. Huh. Yeah, well, through the power of slapstick. I mean, yeah. if you consider Gus to basically be a living cartoon, just like 90% of the people in this movie, it's probably fine. And, like, this movie cost $39 million to make. <laughs> in 1983. Yeah. And that's in 1983 dollars, which is a lot. Now, yeah, Star did it make Wars it... cost $10 million to make in 1977 dollars. So do the math. Yeah, like, this... This movie, well, I mean, a lot of the movies cost probably in the salaries because, I mean, Richard Pryor didn't come cheap. No. Um, Chris for, Reeve got a better deal this time also. And for the third, you know, like, we should also point out this movie was so reviled that when they made Superman Returns, they specifically said this actually takes place after Superman 2. Superman 3 did not happen. Did not happen. Yeah, I mean, Superman Returns is also not that great a movie. It's better than that, this movie. Like, it's better than this movie, but it's just not. Uh, even then, good. That's, yeah, it's like they have. I mean, really, they have not made a good Superman movie, truly at all. I mean, uh, the first Superman movie is almost good. The second Superman movie is close, but no cigar. It's like well, they never. It's like there's some real like the Superman two. Uh, are we talking about the the Donner films or the? Uh... I mean, if we go with the Donner cut, it's better than the uh, the the uh, theatrical cut. But either, neither of them are perfect because they got a lot of problems. Yeah, but like the first one is marred by just being fucking goofy at the end, and also Otis. I do not like Margaret Kidder. <laughs> like her performance is like nails on a chalkboard for me. So I, I mean, I, her not being in this movie is actually kind of a bonus because honestly, uh, yes, Lorelai is. is Adetta Tool is the better uh, choice for uh, having uh, be Lana instead of Lois, but it still just doesn't work. That's the other problem. Like uh, they, Amy Adams not, is okay as Lois Lane, but no, they never really cast a good Lois Lane even. Yeah, I just, I mean, I can respect. I, I, and and to be fair, this isn't like Margaret Kidder's problem. This is me problem. Her performance is probably fine. A lot of people seem to like it. I, I it just rubs me the wrong way. So this is not. Yeah, a, this is not a it, dig against her abilities. I no. simply do not like the performance that she 
put on, which was the way she was directed to put it on. So it's not like that's the thing. Again, I don't blame the actors. And I, I thought Robert Vaughn did a great job. Like, he's just yeah. chewing the scenery and having a great old time. He knows what kind of movie he's in, so he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's like, and I got... He brings a lot of class to this movie, which didn't deserve it at no. all. And we gotta give credit. Christopher Reed works his butt off. I mean, the thing is, we really haven't discussed Jerk Superman. For some reason, he's got a dirtier costume and he's got like it looks like his hair's all must. I mean, I, yeah, I will like, give it to the to Christopher Reeve. There yeah. is no better Clark Kent. No, there hasn't been a better Clark Kent before. There, there, there has not been a good Clark Kent since Christopher Reeves because Christopher Reeves did it correctly. There have been people who got close. Um, honestly, Lo- the guy in Lois and Clark does a pretty decent Clark Kent, but. But I mean, it's the it's the point is like he got it right, he's made it right, and that's also why I always say he's the best Superman because he's the only one that got the uh, the difference, the physical difference, right too. It's like, you know, they do seem different, even though that's the same person. It's not right, just- and that's that's actually a testament to Christopher Reeve is he made them two distinct and separate characters in continuity in universe, and it makes perfect sense, and you you totally understand why people don't th- don't make the connection between. Clark Kent and Superman being the same oh, person. I forgot there that one gag at the beginning of the movie. He goes into a photo booth to get changed in the costume, and a little boy puts money in to you know use yeah. the picture, in which he then takes two of the pictures of him changing and leaves in the one picture of Superman. Yeah. Uh, that that kid was the one who played the baby in the first movie. <laughs> That's funny. And I'm like, I guess they were the idea is they were gonna keep bringing him back, but they never did. But uh, oh my God. I mean, yeah, that's funny. I guess again, it, it yeah, was I, probably funnier when you're on cocaine. Like, exactly. I mean, this all like this all movie screams, you know, coke and you know, alcohol haze. Uh, but all right, folks, uh, this has been the Good, the Bad, and Nerdy Movie Podcast. I hope you guys survived our talk of Superman three. We have several more uh, part threes to do for our part three series. So get ready. We got some great ones coming up, including, of course, we got to cover Rocky 3. We got to cover Jaws 3D. And uh, just because it's it's such a parallel to this film, Super, um, Spider-Man 3. So, And we'll have some, a couple of good ones in there that are not, you know, awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, folks, that'll be, we'll have more coming up in the next few weeks. Thanks for listening. And please, please, please. 